and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Haldoom. And I am only joined by my co-host, Scott Capron, this evening. We are here without our third co-host, Bo Danyard, as he is on vacation in beautiful southwestern Ontario, Canada, which means we had the pleasure of spending some time with him in person this past weekend. So it was a necessary sacrifice for the betterment of uh, team chemistry amongst the Bucks Banter podcast. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Boom. What's up? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Funny that... We actually get to see Bodan for the first time in however long, and he's he's as close to us physically as he has been in however long, and he's not on the podcast. But I guess, hey, that's just how it goes sometimes. Exactly, exactly. So today's agenda, we are going to breeze over discussing the last preseason game, an embarrassing loss uh, for the Buccaneers to the Tennessee Titans, but it is preseason, so who cares? Um, before digging into our final division preview, we've previewed every division in the NFL. And of course, the only one we have yet to preview on the Bucks Banter podcast is the NFC South. Had to save that one for last. Again, a little sad Bo is in here, but I'm sure next week during our show, he'll uh, he'll have watched this and, and hit on anything we missed on or criticize us, however he may. Um, before we get into that, though, please do us a solid. If you enjoy the show, uh, we would love it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel, Bucks Banter. All of our podcasts are available there, as well as audio streaming on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So, first things first, what's up with the Bucks? Well, I already mentioned it, preseason annihilation. I'm, it's been talked about a lot here on Bucks Report, uh, amongst other places, uh, but what as Bruce Arians himself said, you know, he's looking at individual players. I mean, I'm sure he was pissed off. It was it was a serious drubbing. Um, but regardless, there are some things to take away. And most notably for me, aside from the fact that Joe Tryon has added a hyphenated, he's changed his last name, so we can't refer to him specifically as Joe Tryon, but it's Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Um, I believe his dad's name. I don't understand the family dynamics exactly, but regardless. Joe Tryon Shoyinka was very impressive in all facets of that game, and I think he jumped out at a lot of people. Um, he has so far in both the preseason games. He just looked – I don't know if you caught any of uh, any of what he did, Scott, but he's looking yeah. pretty pretty NFL-ready right now. Yeah, and, and that's just exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you can kind of tell right away the guys who like, – you don't have to write people off immediately in their – in especially their first preseason or even their first season in the NFL that they're not long for the league, but he, he's just an NFL player. He's a pro player. It took takes zero knowledge uh, to realize that anyone who, if you just plop them in front of a TV and said, Oh yeah, how long has this guy been playing? It doesn't matter. Anyone would know that he's immediately ready to contribute and a uh, bit of a power move by adding that extra last name there right before the season, you know, the, the equipment, team is getting all the jerseys ready they got to redo that now i mean hey more power to you do whatever you want there joe you can call yourself whatever you want but um yeah very interesting but yeah like you said from the football side i mean just adding another contributor and i, I like how pumped are you yeah i'm super pumped especially because you know like jpp has been around a long time um still very productive but he, he was really banged up last year playing through it 
just for it to be at the edge rusher position to have that ex- extra rotational piece to spell JPP and Shaq Barrett. And as we talked about with uh, with JCA on last week's episode or two weeks ago, um, they're going to find ways to get all three of those guys on the field at once. Oh. I mean, Tryon showed like too, like the guys over at Real Bucks Talk um, who do a great podcast and, and tons of awesome film breakdown for Bucks Report and through their own um, channel. Uh, they, they did a nice little summary of, of Tryon's performance and just seeing how he drops into coverage. He's incredibly oh. agile. Like it's not like a guy that size should be able to move that way. Oh, and, my God. I know. You know, and that's something that that uh, Todd Bowles values greatly. So he's going to be an asset there as well, considering how how smooth he looked like dropping into coverage as a 6'5", 275, 80 pound D.N. God, imagine him as a high school basketball player, too. I'm just assuming he played. Probably just an absolute unit, doing a little bit of everything. But, uh, you know, just the way you said, uh, the way you mentioned that call about um, getting those three guys on the field just puts even more pressure on the opposing offenses to be protect- to be productive on first and second down. Because, you know, an early penalty or, uh, you know, a negative play on first down, and you, you get yourself in third and medium or even – or third and long against this it's like good luck someone's gonna get to that quarterback or you know like the offense is gonna have to make a real play just to you know just have a chance at getting a first down so just so valuable third down means everything in the nfl both extending drives and getting off the field if you're uh if you're on defense and um what just what a luxury i i know that's more of a general uh statement about the the bucks defensive line and their defense and uh overall but adding Tryon and um yeah just I can't wait I, I mean I know we're going to talk about them extensively here but uh yeah very interesting yeah and like he also he looked great against the run too like shedding shedding blockers and just finding his way into the interior of the defense to clog things up like he's going to be effective there too and add to what's been the the most stout run defense in the NFL over the last two seasons so Quick, quick question. I know I'm assuming most Bucks fans are super happy and are and are going to be happy with what happens this season with Joe with Joe Tryon. Who are you most? Sorry, I'm kind of I'm putting you on the spot here, but I know you're going to have an answer. Um, who are you most worried about the Bucks passing on with their first pick? That's just going to be an uh like an All Pro, like perennial Pro Bowler type guy. Like, do you have anyone in your head that you're just like? As much as I love the pick, I am worried that we uh that we missed out on this guy yeah it's funny i definitely felt that way i think on draft night but since then don't say travis Etienne either that's no because he wasn't available he was oh true all right okay sorry well but he may have been someone i would have mentioned had that been the case you're right (laughs) you know me well um a guy i profiled on uh bucksbanter.ca that i that i've had a thing for and i'm sure lots of these florida guys have is asante samuel jr Mm. can't can't have enough corners he looks great in camp and if he ends up being a number one corner in the nfl i mean that would have been pretty valuable but we've got a bunch of young corners we've invested so much in the draft the bucks have um in terms of that position um early on so I'm pretty like I honestly like at this point I'm feeling pretty pretty happy with Tryon. I, yeah, I not yeah. fair. That 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 could totally be the answer. I just didn't know if there was one kind of glaring, um, I don't know, outstanding guy that you were yeah, you were thinking about. Awusu Koromoa was a guy I was I had my eyes on too, who also looks great. But mm. uh, we're just so set there. 
you know, I like our safety group. I like our, our linebacker group. So just adding that edge rusher, he is definitely the best edge rusher available. Mm. It looks like he could be the best of the group. So, yeah. Um, Johnny Dean, nice to have you back here, buddy. Uh, he's saying Tryon was pretty much a lock in his opinion. He'll be the the guy that other teams are pissed they missed on. I did have Joe Tryon going to the Bucks in my mock draft. I should say that as well. There you go. Um, yeah, so then uh, Drew Pagones, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Talk a little bit about Darden and how he has looked so far. Um, I can't wait to see him get some opportunities with the first, second stringers to get a better idea of his impact. Yeah, we'll see like what happens um, in this final preseason game against the Texans. The starters are going to play um, a full half, according to uh, B.A., uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. In terms of like how Darden's look, like I haven't been at training camp. We've had two guests who have spent a significant amount of time at training camp, both you know with very solid reviews of Darden. Um, both they're both excited about him. Yeah, and and it sounds like Brady's really taken a liking to him as well. I read a nice piece by Peter King, Monday Morning Quarterback, who uh, paid a visit to Bucks training camp, um, and and a lot of it was about Darden and how. Tom Brady has really spent a lot of time uh, providing tutelage to Darden specifically um, and, and emphasizing the importance of having that not top three receiver, but a guy you're likely going to have to lean on at a point in the season. Um, and the article referenced, you know, how Tyler Johnson came up with huge catches down the stretch last year, Scotty Miller. Um, those aren't your top three receivers, but those are guys who, when it matters most, you often have to depend on whether it's because it's an unexpected play or, or just the way the defense is playing you. So, um, I think it sounds like Darden's look good. I'm, I'm most anxious to see how he's handling kicks, uh, when the season yeah. gets going, you know, I think in terms of playing as a receiver, he'll get some looks this year for sure. Um, and we'll see how that happens. The hard thing is with, with, on this team is he may look good and he may even earn Brady's trust and, and all that, but it's just going to be hard to really be a huge contributor uh, offensively, right? Doesn't mean that he he can't have moments, like you said, maybe in the return game. But just when there's so many other guys to throw the ball to, it's it's going to be hard for him. But um, hey, let's who knows? Let's see what he does. Maybe you know he, he shocks everyone and becomes a, a third target or whatever, and uh, and we'll see. Yeah, I just want to see see the flashes. I want him to be productive. Yeah. It's hard, it can be hard, right, when you're not in a rhythm all the time. But for sure, no one better for him to learn under than the the deepest, most talented receiving core in the NFL and the greatest quarterback of all time. I'd say Darden's in a pretty pretty good position to realize his potential. And when that happens, we will just have to see. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I just mentioned you know the Monday morning quarterback Albert Breer, who's also a part of that. Uh, him and Peter King, both two national NFL guys, uh, both came away extremely impressed after paying a visit to one Buccaneer place over the last week. I think they were there for the joint uh, practices with the Titans. Um, and it's funny because the way that Bruce is talking and a lot of the local coverage uh, makes you think, you know, they're highlighting some of the issues going on or, or players not stepping up. Um, but those guys, two national guys, completely objective, like Scott Capron is here. He's not a Bucks fan, folks. Don't forget it, right? He adds a lot of value, so he can give us that outsider opinion. That's why we love Scott, you, Scott. Just unbelievable credibility. Just you know, it like just through the roof here. So you're you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But those guys were both like super impressed, um, talking about the state of the Buccaneers and how they look, and just the general 
the general vibe coming out of training camp. So I'd say that's nice to see. I like hearing it more from the national guys who only pay a quick visit and see a bunch of different training camps. If they're going out of their way to say that, that's always nice. Uh, but I'm just so ready for real football. Oh. Um, you know, it's it's time. So it'll be good. It'll be good on Saturday to get to watch a full half of, of the, the first stringers because you do need some kind of tune-up. Um, the Bucks have already had a lot more more of a tune-up opportunity than they did last year. Yeah, yeah. everything going on. So that's got to be the most exciting thing. The continuity piece, um, the familiarity with the offense, bringing everyone back, stuff we have talked about ad nauseum here on Bucks Banter. Um, another cool thing I'm sure a lot of people have been following along is just the NFL top 100 players voted by the players. Like, I always enjoy seeing that. It's kind of cool. I almost wish, like, the NBA did that too, just to so yeah. get, you know, with the players. I, I don't know what percentage of the players actually – vote but it seems to be i think it's a good representation like i think it's a good enough sample and it shows you who who the players really respect too right like it's a little bit different than maybe what a a front office poll would uh would uh would turn out uh and just seeing what the players value and who they play against and who they uh who they really think is at the top of the league right so it's also so interesting those lists because like obviously football, the positions are so different, how you value them and, and how you compare a running back versus a safety and uh, who's bet. You know, it, it's just a hard like kind of list to curate. Right. So it's funny to, to it's, it's cool just to see a list like that and uh, to see who actually comes up to the top. Totally agree. Tristan Wirfs as a rookie, he made the, the, he came in at 89. So I'll just say the names of the bucks who got Wirfs was 89. Shaq Barrett was 88. Chris Godwin, 81, coming off a bit of an injury riddled riddled year, not his what I expect from him this year. JPP came in at 59, Mike Evans, 48, Levante David, 43, Devin White, 28, and the top 10 is yet to be unveiled. That's happening at some point in the next week, and uh, I'm quite confident we will see Tom Brady's name somewhere in there. Um, in terms of just that list, like what you were talking about, you're right, the differences of opinion of positions, it's always interesting to see how they're valued by guys in the league. Uh, I was surprised to see Shaq Barrett um, 29 spots below JPP on the list. Like, if you ask me, like, he's a more valuable edge rusher, bookend for the Bucks, that's for sure, and more in the prime of his career. Um, so, there, you know, there's an example. It's probably because JPP yeah. has earned so much respect amongst his peers, rightfully so. Yeah, um, that seems like a bit of a, you know, veteran presence, you know, throwing him one kind of thing uh no offense to jpp but yeah for for bear to be that much to be that for that much further down the list is was shocking to me as well and uh, like devin white wasn't on the list last year he's at 28 third highest linebacker um, he showed you. he's ahead of darius leonard by the players i mean that's a hell of a player to be uh ranked ahead of so the future is still bright for Devin. you know how i feel about devin white yeah and i also feel like you've mentioned a few anecdotes on here about uh like players coming up to him and saying he's the best in the league and then like there you go then it's actually coming out in this right like to jump up to 28 after you know you're uh after not being on the list like that's really saying something right and it makes sense just uh even those couple couple uh mentions that you uh that you threw out there yeah, and they and they showed the McCaffrey during the uh, the video. They showed the yeah. McCaffrey telling him he's the best in the game. So uh, Devin White, man, great combination of of confidence at points. I'm like, is he too confident? Like, is he cocky? Like, too arrogant? Is this going to be a problem? Um, but then I'm just hearing him talk, like, because they they interview him. He's quite an engaging character and personality. And 
he's also at the same time pays his dues and his respects to like, you know, the other guys at his position. So I just like to see that as well. Yeah. And he should be cocky. As long as he's not a complete dick, then that's fine. Like exactly. he is that good and he needs to carry himself to be that good. Right. However, whatever mind frame these guys need to get into to play their best, do it. Right. That's what, like, I don't know. You have to tell yourself whatever. Then, I mean, that's how I had to do it with any sport that I ever played. I know that I do lie to myself in a lot of cases and just be like, all right, you're the best out here. Let's go. Even though I knew that I wasn't, but you got to try, right? hundred percent, man. You're right. Yeah. It's all about a balance. Yeah. Um, Drew on Facebook says, I heard word that Bulls might be coming up with a defensive package that includes JPP, Barrett, and Tryon. Trying to envision what it would look like. I'm sure it will be a nightmare for opposing QBs. We talked about that a couple episode, episodes yeah. ago. We totally agree. That's definitely going to happen. Probably most likely seeing JPP kick in and just kind of assume like a, like a defensive tackle role. Yeah. Uh, amongst the front four and have Tryon and Shaq Barrett on the edges. Maybe Vita Vea occupying the, the nose tackle there. Drew's asking what it would look like. He said, I'm sure it'll be a nightmare. I'm sure it'll look like a nightmare. That's yeah. uh, pretty much – that's – it's – sorry. It, it, I just wanted to get this out there because we, we get to talk about all this good stuff because the Bucks are legitimately very good and won the Super Bowl last year. Just – there are like – well, there are let's, – let's call the Bucks and the Chiefs their own tier, and I think both fan bases have – every right to be excited and like expecting a Super Bowl appearance basically this year. Uh, maybe throw the bills in there as well as from a, like, we just get to be talking about this great team. Like there's a lot of sad franchises out there that are like, you know, probably worried that the season is about to start because they have to watch their goddamn team play seven on 17 Sundays. Right. And it's just like, Oh wow. What a joy. Colin, you can probably, you know, speak to this because you've been a Bucks fan for so long. But it's like, oh, no, they're just going to be very good. And I'm actually looking forward to games. And it's not like crippling anxiety before they play, knowing that you have no idea what's going to happen. And all my fellow Bucks fans, they deserve it. You know, yeah. like, I'm pretty sure it is. In fact, I don't know if how much that's changed since this most recent Super Bowl. But the losing is franchise in the four major professional sports from a yeah. winning percentage. Uh, point of view so Bucks fans deserve that and I'm sure everyone in this chat everyone who watches the the show and follows the podcast uh feels the same way they deserve it so good on you Bucks fans you guys sure. soak it in is what Scott's telling you exactly exactly it doesn't uh doesn't last forever and um it's a hard it's a hard league man it's it's hard to stay relevant and it's hard to 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 keep churning out playoff appearances that's for sure yeah um Cole Eli Pfeiffer on Facebook says, what two interior linebackers are better than white in the NFL? It's a great question. One that in our like group text, we, we talk about all the time. I sent out uh -huh. a thing today where um, an ESPN article where they actually polled NFL personnel uh, people, GMs, scouts, stuff like that for this specific discussion point. And actually Devin White was number one. So yeah, in the, in, in the opinions of general managers and decision makers in the NFL, he is considered number one. If you ask Pro Football Focus, uh, they're going to have him at like twenty something, which which I find absurd. But you take that for what it's worth. On the yeah. top one, on the top one hundred, uh, though, the two who were higher rated higher were Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner. Um, those are the two linebackers just ahead of him. Just yeah, I mean, hard to argue. I would say I think you're kind of splitting hairs between those three guys. I mean, they 
they were 28, 25, and 21 on the list. So it's it's pretty close. But yeah, like sorry, like the uh, like the guest said, I don't know how many people, I don't know how many Bucks fans are taking anyone over Devin White, and quite frankly, can't blame them. That's for sure. Definitely would not for the rest of their careers. So we'll, no. we'll let's watch this season play out, and then we'll we'll check back on that list a year from now. Exactly. Uh, several people in the chat bringing up Levante David's name. Um, obviously, I I agree. I mean, Levante David came in at forty three on the list. Uh, he's so dynamic. He's so great. So perennially perennially underrated. Um, I wrote an article, The Legend of Levante. That's up on BucksBanter.ca, where I talk about. I break down some of the stats that justify just how special of a player he is. Um, it was great to see him win a Super Bowl this past year. We all know, we all know Levante is the man. Um, and I kind of like when he's being slept on. It's better. Keep sleeping on Levante. He'll just keep showing you more and keep adding to his legacy. So no that's, kidding. That's how I tend to look at it with Levante David. For sure. He's one of those guys you you can tell it just that motivates him and get him angry. Yeah, you know what I mean. Get him angry. Get him to send out some washed king tweets like LeBron, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, see, and he's an example of a guy who's who's a little more on the humble side. He likes to do have his play doing the talking, mm. which makes him and Devin White such a nice tandem. I think their personalities mesh really well. Mm. He's kind of like the wise veteran veteran linebacker who's incredibly adept at every aspect of the game for a linebacker against the pass, against the run, creating turnovers. He can blitz. Um, you know just absolutely everything he shut down travis kelsey in the super bowl which everyone said was not possible for any linebacker um so that was one of my favorite parts of that entire super bowl yeah we'll see where brady comes in on the top 10 though we'll see it doesn't matter he's in the top 10 um you know we'll see i'm curious pretty impressive uh to still be there and yeah. rightfully so by the way this isn't like a legend like this isn't uh some sort of legacy pick or anything like he he should be there yeah give him a, give him a training camp this year let's see what he can do same exact same roster no healthy a, healthy ab so much to be excited about can't come soon enough and i won't stop saying that um, christopher cole what's up my guy he's here on facebook checking us out appreciate it what's up uh, bud? winfred nice to have you here keith johnny dean already mentioned bunch of good people um yeah, get to Passio on YouTube, checking in, just trying to catch up on a couple of these, Scott. Hi, oh, yeah, yeah. NFL is hard. Brady has been relevant for 21 years, so it's not hard for him, <laughs> the greatest QB. I would say he's been more than relevant, more than relevant. Last yeah. person to go back-to-back -back as a Lombardi quarterback, winning quarterback, too, so we'll see if he's up to that challenge. I think even Brady would maybe say that it's been hard but he's been able to persevere, but I, I get where he's going with it. And, uh, you know, if the Bucks have Brady, then they, then they're in a good, then they're in good shape is what he's saying. But, um, yeah. And then before we move on, uh, drew with another good, good thing that I'm glad you brought up. So drew on Facebook says, I know suck up is our guy talking about the Bucks kicker, Ryan suck up coming off a great season and obviously has the experience. He will be our starter. And I agree with that. Is there any way we will be able to keep our rookie kicker? Hurdy is impressing everyone and has a strong leg. He's been crushing it. Uh, Jose Borregales, um, he has been absolutely crushing it. And Suckup has, has had some struggles in training camp from what I've heard from those on the ground. So that is interesting. They just paid Suckup a pretty healthy salary for a kicker. Uh, there's no way that that's not he's not going to be our starter. But 
in terms of if they could, I mean, the chances are, to be honest, if, if they try and stash him on the practice squad, he's going to get scooped up by someone based on uh, his performance in training camp is my guess. He's got a big leg too. So kind of a tough, tough, frustrating situation. But as long as Ryan Suckup's dialed in this year again, then who cares? We don't need to worry about it. Yeah, even if you have that second guy in your system, it's it just not worth it for a roster spot, obviously. Um, and Suckup is a tough last name, eh? Like, truly one of the worst. I feel like it doesn't get brought up enough. But perfect for a kicker, and he has brought it yeah. up himself. He's referred to himself as a kicker named Suckup. So. Yeah, that's so fair. That's good. I remember Pitt. I think it was Pitt uh, in college. They had a kicker named Blewett. Thought that was a bit of a tough scene. Probably wouldn't want to be like literally. I think it's B L E W I T T. Like, come on, be anything else. Like that's that's no good. But yeah, um, that's the worst I've heard. I'm glad it's, it was that. unbelievable. I, I remember. I, I think it was like Pitt Clemson. I was watching. Like, there's no way that's because the announcer said something about blue. It was like the, the play hasn't happened yet. Like nothing's going on, and then the kicker rolls out. I'm like, oh god, this guy's got no shot. Like just <laughs> just go for it. Seriously. Yeah. But um but yeah, no, I, I you just I think you just knowing Arians, I would assume they would just roll with suck up and then, you know, kind of chalk it up to too bad. Hopefully that uh the young guy gets his spot somewhere else. Agreed. Jason Drywall, Bucks going back to back. I hope you're right, Jason. Uh we hope to see that. Uh we'll see, man. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, you, you gotta be fearful as well as a Bucks fan. Just fearful of the like honeymoon honeymoon thing like like just deep deep inside i just you just don't want anything you don't want them to be too arrogant but it doesn't seem like they are i'm just speaking my own insecurities that I, yeah that's okay jason jason drywall probably just get off the golf course if i uh if i know our if i know our listeners at all so um i don't know maybe it was talked about on the course maybe a few future bets were placed on like the 14th hole who knows who knows yeah um, and then uh, a question coming in from Drew again. Do you see a season where Stinney beats out Kappa? Well, if, if it's a season, I don't think it's going to be this season. A report came out. I think it was on Pewter Report, a uh, well-written article. I can't recall who wrote it, but just kind of bringing up the idea because Bruce Arians had said, you know, it's a battle between um, Alex Kappa and Stinney for that right guard spot. I, I personally think he's just trying to put a little heat on Kappa. Kappa's received a lot of praise um, over the last two years. Uh, rightfully so he's been highly productive um, and just quietly going about his business at right guard he's up for a new deal after this year so I think having Stinney around is nice they want Stinney to feel good and valued as well because there's a chance a buck there's a good chance the bucks are not going to be able to pay Alex Kappa the salary he's going to command uh, if he continues to have a good year he's he is going to be our starter at right guard I feel pretty confident about that um, but I would be okay with Stinney being his replacement because he had a hell of a showing down the stretch last year. Um, but another good one to bring up, Drew. So thank you for that. Uh, but we do have another item on the agenda. We have to actually break down every team in the NFC South, as we have done for every other division in the NFL. We've talked about every team except these three. Obviously, we talk about the Bucks every week. Carl, Carl can, I bring, can I mention one thing before we get into the division thing? I, the, I would love preview. to. Yes, I, just wanna, I just want to address what Andy Dalton said. The other day uh, at his press conference saying, you know, Justin Fields is going to have a great career, but it's my time right now. Like, it's literally not his time. You know, like by all by all measures, as as soon as Fields is ready, it is 
it is his time. Like, I know he's trying to speak it into existence. Like, I do the same thing on a daily basis. It's like, oh, maybe I'll actually, you know, like get a good sleep tonight. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the Jays will sneak into the playoffs, you know, stuff like that. Like, I know it's not going to happen. I still say it. So maybe he's just trying to exude some confidence. Andrew Dalton, it is not your time. You do not look good. And I, I it's just just one of those one of those things. I know he has to say it. What's he supposed to do? Go up there and say, Oh, I'm not looking so great. I guess we'll see how many games I start. I get it. I get it. But come on, Andy. Come on. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, no no cap on cool points being awarded no, for that. Absolutely none. I'm glad you acknowledge the fact he's gotta say it, something like that, because he's of course. he's been getting shit on by the Bears fans. Understandably so. I mean yeah, and like, you know, he's one of the top point zero one percentile of quarterbacks in the world. Of course, he has an ego, and of course, all of that. Like, yeah, no worries. I, like, I totally understand it. He's a competitor, and he's not like he's completely washed up age wise or anything like that. But, oh, dude, oh, it like, how's that gonna go for you in week four when you're holding the clipboard and you know you're wearing that beautiful Bears hat? You know, right? Like. Just be ready for it is all I would say. Well said. Uh, let's talk about, when, as we discuss underwhelming quarterback play, let's discuss <laughs> an aging quarterback play. Let's discuss the Atlanta Falcons. Coming off a 4-12 and season, got rid of uh, Thomas Dimitrioff, their longtime general manager. They got a new head coach, relatively new head coach, Arthur Smith. Um, I mean, the fa- they, they obviously just traded, lost Julio Jones they had to do because they, they've been in just cap purgatory along with the New Orleans Saints. Um, obviously, those two franchises are in different places. But, um, you know, things I like are Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Young Hoku, their kicker. I dig him. Um, I actually like the Mike Davis signing for them coming over from Carolina, running back, staying in the division. I think he's going to be a sneaky fantasy pick for uh, any of you fantasy footballers out there. I'm sure there's quite a few. Um, but in terms of the Falcons, not too much to get excited for outside of Kyle Pitts. I think Matt Ryan will still do a great job of realizing Kyle Pitts ability. Like, it's not like he's like, like Matt Ryan is still, it's not like he's like awful. He's just paid so much and was so great at a point that I think that affects the general view of him as a quarterback. Um, but he's going to do just fine getting the ball to Kyle Pitts and Kyle Pitt, like I'm Kyle Pitts scares the shit out of me as a Bucks. Bucks fan um, because I think all of the uh, incredible praise he has received as potentially the greatest receiving tight end prospect to ever enter the league since like Mike Ditka or whatever. <laughs> and I'd say he's, he's got a leg up as a pass catcher on Mike Ditka. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I think it's warranted. I think he's that talented. Like, you know, I think he's going to be in for a big rookie year. Um but all I really feel like talking about is a couple of their individual players because I don't expect a lot from the Falcons this year. Me neither, man. Yeah. Me neither. It's just, it's the same thing with them. These there are teams that find ways to lose, and you can't play defense. And you got even though I think Matt Ryan's pretty good, he's he just is a killer turnover machine at at vital times, and I, I just don't think they've been the same since that uh, since the Super Bowl loss. And now they don't have Julio Jones anymore. Like. As much as I like Ridley and Pitts, you know, that's – you can take those guys away. Or 
and you can make these other guys beat you like Russell Gage. Uh, I don't know. I, I like Mike Davis fine, but is he is he scaring? Is he a like a huge threat at running back? I, like maybe he is, and like you said, maybe he's a fantasy sleeper, and, and he and he's uh, and he busts out this year. I I just I just don't see it from them at all. Like they're all, they're such a frustrating team to watch, and you know they have a new coach, which which matters because I think a lot of the frustration was uh, with Dan Quinn and just how everything was done there. Some very questionable decision making, and I know Falcons fans have been talking about it, even though they love Julio, but uh, he's been hurt, and you know it's okay to to lose. It's like it's just such a threat and such a productive guy to lose. I don't, I just don't see how they're better than last year. I don't. And to me, it's not, to me, it's one more year, one year older for Matt Ryan. And I know it's not like he's, um, you know, banking on his agility or athleticism in order to, to stay in the league or stay relevant. It's none of that. I just, I don't know. I, I they're, they're such a, Freaking milk toast, run of the mill team to me. I, I, you all right there? Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Like no excitement for me for them whatsoever, except for literally uh, Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like I only want to talk about them from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, that's all I see. Like you know, yeah. go ahead and draft Young Hoku as your fantasy kicker. Like they're just they're yeah, and I don't like. They're a rebuilding team, but Matt Ryan's their quarterback. Like, this might have been a good offseason to see. I don't know if there would have been any interest uh, at his price point, uh, but maybe you eat some of that. But I think you got to commit to the rebuild a little stronger. You know what I mean? Like, just show your cards, take it that direction, because it feels like they've still been kind of clinging to competitiveness, maybe beyond their window, whereas they could have recouped some more assets had they decided to move on from, say, a Matt Ryan and a Julio Jones a year previous. Yeah, like that. Like they were four and twelve last year, like, you know, yeah. like not even six and ten or certain, you know, like four and twelve is a tough look. Like that's yeah. bad. I, like I wouldn't expect them to be that bad last year. I know they had some tough, like uh, game luck with uh, with a couple late losses and and what have you. But I I don't know, man. I, yeah, yeah I, know, I know we'll talk win totals at the end. Yeah, um, but. We will. The fact that Carolina and Atlanta are both set at seven and a half, I think that's what I saw. Yeah, I seven and a half wins. Like Carolina is going to win more games than Atlanta this year. Quote me on that. I would. That would be a bet if you could literally bet that. Just um, head to head, Carolina, Atlanta. I would love to take Carolina. Love, yeah. love, love, love. Me too. And we'll get to that. I don't think we need to spend much more time on Atlanta. Like thoughts all, on all their defense. Know, thoughts on Thoughts on their defense? It's just eh. it's just nothing special. Like, you know, there's just not enough impact guys. There's a lot of different – I mean, they had a defensive guy leading them, and, they, and their defense wasn't a major force. You know what I mean? So, like, they got a couple guys. Um, you know, A.J. Terrell, I guess Dante Fowler Jr. is still a player. I like Deion Jones a lot at the linebacker I like Deion, position. I like Deion Jones. I like yeah. Deion Jones. And Grady Jarrett is really good. Yeah. But I don't know what to think of the secondary as a whole – um, nothing that jumps out at me, man. I'm just not I'm, not in I'm, love with this team in any which way, aside from those two pass catchers. No, I yeah, I would be shocked shocked if they made the playoffs. I, I, like I know teams can kind of jump up and grab that last spot, but I don't see that at all. Yeah, they won't. They won't win the playoffs. And Johnny Dean, he's he's he doesn't like that I I said the Panthers would would 
win more games than the Falcons. Sam Darnold over Ryan? Question mark. LM, laugh my ass off. Okay, here's the thing, Johnny Dean. There's a lot more positions on a football field than that <laughs> one. And I mean, I don't know if you remember, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Um, so there are, you know, like there's. It's not always about yeah. the quarterback. As much as I can acknowledge what you're saying there, um, I would say one still has a much higher ceiling moving forward based on his age and experience. But we'll talk a bit. We'll talk about Sam Darnold very shortly. Christopher Cole comes in. I think this is also a specific troll to me because he knows how much I love Jamar Chase. <laughs> uh, he left up, picked up where he left off at LSU with the drops. I love how everyone's talking about Jamar Chase and his drops. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like Joe Burrow struggling. Uh, but he's coming off a serious injury. So, uh, but I think Jamar Chase is going to be just fine. I'm not worried for one second about his preseason. He's going to be he's going to be a fantastic NFL receiver for many years. Not changing my stance on that one, Christopher. Um, and then Jay Drywall, what are we expecting from OJ Howard this season? I would expect not to expect much, but hope for something. Um, coming off a torn Achilles, you know three really capable tight ends, um, including Tanner Hudson actually as a pass catcher too. So plenty of competition in the, in the tight end room for the Bucks, including Rob Gronkowski, of course, and Cameron Braid. So uh, he's not in a position where they need him to succeed, which I think could be actually very beneficial for him working his way back up to speed. And hopefully maybe by the second half of the year, um, all I'll say is that him and Tom Brady had a really nice rapport last season. And, and things were looking like that was legit in terms of their connection. So, uh, but I wouldn't expect a ton. We'll see if he, what he can do. And hopefully he can get himself a contract somewhere after this season. Um, if he can, you know, realize his physical talent. Poor guy took a major hit last year, tearing his Achilles. That's a tough one for a young skill position player who, who depends on his athleticism to sustain. Um, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. Uh, new new general manager Scott Fitterer came coming over from Seattle. Uh, head coach Matt Rule. So so Johnny Dean, these are some of the reasons why I like the direction of the Panthers. I like the guys in charge. I like the, the franchises. Team Fitterer killed this draft. Absolutely smashed it out of the park, in my opinion. Um, grabbing guys like J.C. Horn, likely the best corner in the draft, along with Patrick mm -hmm. Sertan. Uh, they got a steal in Terrence Marshall Jr. at LSU at wide receiver position in round two. They got a quality offensive tackle out of BYU, Brady Christensen, in the third round. They got Canadian boy Chuba Hubbard in the fourth, who I think is a really nice compliment uh, behind McCaffrey, and I think he, they could end up using him. Me too. Me too. He's just very good. I think he's yeah. ready. To, I think he'll be ready to to run and contribute right away. Um, Chuba declared for the draft the year before. He'd have been in the gone in the first two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Like. I don't. I I love the pickup for them, and like he's like, you know, I'm looking at the depth chart now. They have Reggie Bonifone ahead of him on the on the running back depth chart. Don't see that lasting very long. No offense, Reggie, but um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, great point about Hubbard. I mean, ESPN so, has Chuba second, so I'm sure it just depends oh, okay. where, where right. you look. There you go. There you go. So yeah, it just depends. Um, so that's good. Good for him. Uh, yeah, so obviously, I mean, it starts and starts with Darnold, uh, but like you said, they're more they uh, they're more of a well-rounded squad, I think. Or you know, it's not going to be completely on Darnold's shoulders to uh, you know to make this team relevant. But 
they've kind of had to patch it together at the quarterback spot the last few years, right? Some some Newton turmoil, obviously, when he was still there. They have the uh, ultimate replacement, basically the Keanu Reeves of the NFL. Now uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who played last year, just popping in and playing, and then and then leaving again for um, for Denver here. But um, yeah, yeah, like we're. Where were you with Darnold and the Jets in general? Like, how much do you think, oh, my goodness, this guy can't play versus anyone there is going to suck? Yeah, more the latter. Me um, too. I don't Me think it's too. fair to judge Sam Darnold off what he was dealing with in New York from a Me coaching too. perspective, from a personnel perspective. So that's obviously where, like, Johnny Dean in the comments and I differ, and, and it's – you're, you're with me too. It's, I yeah. almost feel like he's like a rookie who has experience with the NFL now. Like, like it's just, I just don't see yeah. it there. I don't know who could have succeeded in the state of that franchise from when they drafted him, the players they put around him, how he was coached, the instability of the roster and the coaching staff. Right. Like it was just, like, Gase, yeah. Gase might be one of the worst coaches that we've seen in the league, honestly, in the last yeah. X amount of years, he's that bad. And you know, offensive guy you get that you get that label Jeez, you better do something man and and they were terrible and uh hard to watch um play calling was bad and hey Darnold wasn't great I'm not gonna say it was you know the whole the team was completely holding him back blah 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 but I'm way more in the okay he got to he a new new conference uh totally new situation and a coach that everyone seems to really like in Matt Rule. Let's I love Matt can, Rule. Yeah, let's so let's see what he can do. I'm I'm high on what Darnold's potential is for this year. Fully ready to maybe to to be wrong and you know if if he sucks again and then you know maybe he's just he just can't play. Then you know what? Then we'll know after this fresh start and everything. But I uh, I don't know, man. Like I like DJ Moore. Obviously, they have. Such an unbelievable jack of all trades in McCaffrey for uh, for Darnold to use and uh, out of the backfield, line him up in the slot if you need to as a, as an outlet, and then obviously just as a standard running back. So, like, I'm really ex I'm excited about the Panthers. I am. I know, and like you know, I I'm excited about the roster too. Like, literally, probably the best draft that I I would grade at least it's a top three draft like they also got davion nixon defensive tackle out of iowa cap you're probably familiar with him yeah the fifth round that's one of the steals of the entire draft he's a complete bulldog he's going to be a really good nfl player i think in the fifth round that's insane yeah and they grab they grab shy smith that receiver out of south carolina in the sixth so just incredible job by fitter top to bottom to address uh potential impact players at all different positions which which i just Fine, the team has done well. They like speed is Matt Rule's thing since he was at Baylor, and they've got speed all over the place. Um, and and just a bit like I also, yeah, I really like DJ Moore, and I also really like Robbie Anderson, and I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is in a great situation there as well. So, uh, they got the skill position players. So, Darnold won't have much of an excuse after at least a year under playing under Matt Rule. Um, I see, I see a pretty solid improvement from the Panthers. That's why I'm feeling like they're going to be better than Atlanta. It's not like I'm saying they're going to be – I'm worried about them as a Bucks fan. I'm just generally as a state of the franchise from an objective lens, I like where they're at. But similar to like teams yeah. like the Broncos and Washington football team, you know, they have nice pieces. And, again, early in that process still compared to those teams, 
but um, yeah. their success will depend on the consistency of their quarterback play. So Darnold will have to show it, what it was more of a dysfunctional system than a dysfunctional quarterback. Yeah, but I still don't think he has to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. I don't like. I, I I'd like to see improvement from him in in general, just because. Uh, why not? Let's get another good quarterback in here. Um, but I don't think he has to light the world on fire for Carolina to be, uh, you know, knocking on the playoff door. I, I'm counting eight of their eleven losses as one score games last year. Now that's a little bit cherry picked. There's a couple eight point losses, which technically counts as a one score game, obviously. And, you know, I I didn't go through all the game logs. There might be a couple backdoor late game, uh, you know, cosmetic touchdowns. But still, eight of your 11 losses within one score, you you know, flip a couple of those games and and your season's completely different, right? Two of the blowouts were to Tampa Bay, actually. So, you know, like it's not not terrible losses. They they were 5-11, and but they weren't an absolute dumpster fire or anything like that. And those are the types of teams I like to – to kind of hitch my wagon to for the next year. It's like their record wasn't great, but they weren't, they, you didn't, you didn't hate having money on Carolina, for example, last year, right? Like it wasn't so painful. And no, they, uh, they probably covered a good amount of those games. Yeah. Like dogs. Yeah. And they have, uh, you know, they have a whole new, a whole new thing going with Darnold basically, you know, just the second year of rule. Uh, I think the defense is going to be good. Usually has, has been in, in the past. And, um, I'd have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to take it more of a look, but um, I like them in terms of their defense. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they got some guys I really like there too. Like Brian Burns is, is an awesome edge rusher. He's, he's going to yeah. be high up on that list that we talked about the NFL top 100 for years in the future. They got Derek Brown. Yeah. Everyone knows uh, from his days at Auburn, he was just oh, an yeah. absolute monster. So he's entering his second year. Shaq Thompson's still around. They picked up Hassan Reddick, who we talked about during our NFC West. Yeah. Interview, you know, as a guy we like. So they, they got guys. They got Jeremy Chin back there, and now they got J.C. Horn. So that, like, they're just keep slowly and quietly adding nice pieces all over the place all at once. They're not, like, just hammering on one poor aspect of their team. Yeah. Like, I think they've done it quietly. I, I, I like the team building. Those are guys I like kind of individually on defense. You know what I mean? Like, that's – I like the Reddick pickup. Um, I don't know. I just think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, we'll, we'll get into their win totals again. Um, but yeah, yeah. sounds like we're, sounds like you and I are aligned, which again is why it's nice to have three of us. Maybe Bo would differ. I know. Well, especially because I feel like there's been a lot of Carolina Atlanta talk specifically those two teams because Tampa, uh, obviously contender and new Orleans has been kind of the cream of the crop in the division for so long. And then one of, Atlanta or Carolina is usually popping up and being relevant, but yeah, yeah give, true, me, eh? give, give me the Panthers over the Falcons um, this year for sure. And also interesting to note that the, the Panthers first game is against the jets. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that is. Uh, I think old, I think old Sammy boy will be just slightly pumped for that one. So that'll be weirdly intriguing TV. I think with uh, Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold. Agreed. Yeah. Maybe that's what we'll be watching for, Maybe. for Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have to pick. Hey, we're going to have to uh, – well, I mean, I'm sure we'll have multiple games going. but Yeah, lots of storylines that will be fun to follow. I know. Um, all right, well, every Buccaneers' favorite non-Buccaneer team, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. Oh. Coming off a 12-4 and season, and they are technically the defending NFC South champions. 
not like that really matters, but it's true. Um, just a little fuel the Bucks can add to the fire when they when that rivalry resumes this season. Um, which of course, no matter the state of either of those franchises, the Bucks or the Saints, I mean, there will always be an intense rivalry. Um, and they're in a tough place right now. I mean, they still have tons of like really elite players. Um, you know, both sides of the ball. You got Kamara and Michael Thomas when he's health, healthy, say what you will, but those are two elite, elite players. Um, and then on D, they got Lattimore, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan. Again, all elite at their respective positions at all three levels. Um, and and the th- they might have the best O-line in the NFL. I love the Bucks O-line, but um, I will say the Saints O-line of, you know, Teron Armstead and Ramchek and Pete and Cesar Ruiz, Michigan boy, Scott. Oh, yeah. Um, they got they got plenty of guys, and they got a, a, a good offensive head coach, Sean Payton. Say what you will about him. He's always been very creative and someone I fear in terms of, you know, big moments, him pulling something out of his hat that no one's expecting. He's just proven to be that way, and I'm not afraid to give him his respect just because he coaches a team I dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the issues with them, of course, first of all, this Michael Thomas situation, which we've talked about, is just not a good look. The whole we, I don't want to get get into it again, so I'm not going to summarize. I'm sure anyone listening has an idea just – about misreporting the injury and who's responsible for him committing to surgery so late. Now he's not going to be back until October, how things went last year. You know, lots of issues there. Um, they also just don't have a lot of cap flexibility moving forward. Like they've just – what the Bucks did this past season – or this offseason, uh, Mike Greenberg and, and Jason Light and Jackie Davidson have put the Buccaneers in a position where, as, as Light, J- Jason Light calls it, where they could use the credit card a little bit and borrow into some future years because they've been so forward thinking and so on the ball, staying within their budget, um, which is now just so amazing that it worked out for them that the Bucks were able to do the unthinkable this offseason and resign everyone. Yeah, um, just in- incredible. But so the Saints have done the opposite. They've been they've been blowing up the visa. Um, <laughs> they have been blowing up the visa for yeah. years. And they're just clinging to life. You know, they're they're pulling some voidable years still and stuff like that to keep this core group together. I feel like Sean Payton's good, like not going to commit to a rebuild. Like, he's going to burn that sucker down before, you know, he's not going to – I don't know. So, that's just a big issue there. And then, No, it's true. Yeah, yeah, they've been adding items to cart nonstop with the online shopping here with the, with the credit card, right? Like, it, it's basically been um, – yeah, just a free for all for that team for however long now. Um, so, so I I don't know what to do with them, man. Like they deserve the benefit of the doubt. They were twelve and four last year. They lose Drew Brees, and I, he wasn't even vintage Drew Brees last year. Obviously, there was a drop off, but just in terms of confidence and steadiness and everything that he brought. Uh, like you said, the, te- the the roster is still good. They still have guys all over the field and and a coach that obviously deserves the benefit of the doubt. But I I don't know. I'm like I said, this has been one of the more puzzling teams of the off season for me. I guess I would lean towards them figuring out a, a competent quarterback situation and, and you know making the playoffs from there. But I wouldn't be. I would not be surprised to see them slip below 500. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, it could go any which way. Yeah, really tough. It's true. 
Um, and the fact they don't, they haven't committed to the quarterback yet. Like Sean Payton says he will, but like, what does that tell you? Like they still haven't, they had both those guys on the roster last year. I mean, yeah. they've been practicing them in practice for a long time. Breeze missed a bunch of games. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to execute a Sean Payton offense, I think like if it's me, I'm rolling Jameis out there. And if he, me too. if he proves to be bad Jameis, then slide him on the bench. He can handle it. But like to think like Taysom Hill's better in that change of pace, like crafty, whatever you call it, hook and ladder offense, you know, just yeah. like running back, receiver, tight end, quarterback role anyway. Just, you know, make him a he's a gimmicky guy. He's not he's not taking your team to the playoffs. So if they if they come out with Taysom Hill, I mean, I said it before, whoever starts the year is not gonna probably not gonna finish the year as the starter. It's gonna switch at some point. Oh yeah. Um, but I think you gotta go with Jameis just based on the arm talent and him him knowing the offense as an he's just a real quarterback at least yeah that's i think that's a pretty good place to kind of start and end the argument like he's played quarterback in the nfl hill basically is not pretty unique situation here to have to uh to deal with i don't i don't know i don't know if it's some sort of weird head game that he's playing by that peyton's playing by not announcing the starter uh, just just feels like it's not going to go. Just feels like it's not going to go well. I, I think like Hill Hill is dead set on being a starting quarterback in the NFL, despite not having done it before, and you know being a good player in other spots on the field, like very valuable. Uh, but if your two choices are Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, and one of those two isn't instilling enough confidence in you to actually you know pick a starter, that's a tough spot to start the year for me and. There might have been no better. Well, th- well, it was right up there. But the the breeze, it maybe would have been this way with anyone in breeze. But breeze and Michael Thomas really had something like a true connection on the field. You know, you, you could see it when they played, looking each other off with their or looking defenses off with their eyes and, and kind of making changes at the line, things like that. I I think it's going to be quite the rude awakening for Michael Thomas to be playing with one of these two guys all of a sudden, not to mention whatever, you know, turmoil there is with the roster or with the coach in the front office uh, with him. Uh, He's going to, he's going to have to be playing with Jared Goff in Detroit, man. He's getting traded or something. Yeah, I think so too. Um, It sounds like I I read something the other day that they had a productive meeting and water under the bridge, but like, that's a pretty big public call out that he made on Twitter uh, only a few weeks before the season. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's fine. Maybe it is water under the bridge, and it was just a miscommunication. But I think a lot of their success is going to depend on what kind of rapport Thomas can have with whichever quarterback starts and just his general, um, you know, happiness with the organization, right? Because, you know, they're pretty thin at receiver after that. I don't know. Like, are you super pumped about Traquan Smith or Marquez Callaway? Like, they're okay. Yeah, like Smith is solid, but not like solid. You're right, though. Like, yeah, and they're not going to have Thomas. Like, that's very interesting. Yeah, Yeah. Chris Hogan's in there. Yeah, Yeah, Chris Hogan. Apparently, Winston hit hit him deep uh, today. Oh, uh, playing football or just in general. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just, playing football. Oh, okay, cool. cool. Well, maybe maybe Camara, maybe a little, maybe Camara's gonna have a huge year because they're gonna have no choice but to throw him the ball twelve times a game. We're, um, I mean, yeah, we can talk about Alvin Kamara. He's just incredible. Maybe my favorite guy to watch, actually. 
He's very fun to watch. I mean, not for me as a Bucks guy. Okay, no, get over that. I'm being trying to Kamara. His feet. He's like yeah. a ballerina, man, and and his hands. He has great hands. See, here's the thing. I expected like I was just riding Kamara for over receptions and over yards receiving last year. Last, and it was just a money maker. And then when Breeze went down, I was like, oh my god, Taysom Hill's gonna have to check down to him even more, like because he because he can't throw didn't happen he got like <laughs> two targets in like four weeks or whatever it was just ridiculous yeah and, that's and that painful. just threw me for a loop i'm like you should be depending on dumping it down to Kamara and letting him do the work for you you know yeah maybe hill was trying to push the ball down the field a little bit more to prove that he could but um anyway just a, another fascinating team because they've been such a mainstay and you know true like what a run they've had basically since uh, well, they won the Super Bowl, and uh, a couple years before that, they were in the playoffs as well. It's just like fantastic team. The Peyton Breeze combo is obviously incredible, but this could be the, you know, that uh, the first year of a potential slippery slope. I, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, well said. Um, anyone in the comments, feel free to chime in. I'm surprised we're not we're blowing up with Saints hate, but um, yeah, we, I, I think that runs rampant on Bucks Report and and all other. Buccaneers social media avenues all year round. So um okay. That would be interesting to play when Tampa goes to the dome to play them. Yeah, it will be. That'll be huge. Just and then just add the Jameis narrative and there's just oh, yeah. so much. Like but last year was perfect. Like the Saints smashing the Bucks twice and then in the in in Louisiana. Uh that was amazing. Okay. Uh, last but not least, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it feels kind of funny to like preview the team that we talk about every single week. Um, but I guess we'll be repeating ourselves a little bit. I mean, we've got to at least mention what's going on. Um, did I miss anything there, Cap? No, I think you're good. Okay, you gave me a look. I was like, am I, am I, no, 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 no. Is Sorry, I'm... is there a fifth team in the division? I was just checking the uh, see who won the golf playoff. To be oh, who won? Honest. Cam Smith, no, sorry, Fina. Fina finally won. Oh, good for him, man. After Smith hit one out of bounds on the first playoff hole, so it was oh. pretty gifted to him. Was, but it, still. Was, it, was it just the two of them? Did Rom fall out? Yeah, Rom, Rom, brutal last four or five holes, one over, didn't get into the playoff. Well, he's had lots of fun winning golf, so I don't feel bad for him. I'm happy for Tony. I know, I know, but it, he hasn't even shown any sign of like collapse at all lately and then he, he finally shown a little uh little hitch in the step here today that was fascinating good for yeah. Fina. good for Fina. yeah well thank you for listening to golf banter here <laughs> on the golf channel just kidding we're gonna be back with european tour picks on uh on wednesday morning so get ready <laughs> um but yeah like tampa bay bucks i mean what more is there to say about the team they're bringing everyone back They've got the continuity, as mentioned. Um, everything, everything is great, and that's just the only thing that I was alluding to earlier, Scott, talking about like my insecurity. It's like it seems almost too perfect. I'm just like, mm. I don't know. I'm a Bucks fan, man, and, and uh, I get it. But hey, if this helps from the outside looking in, because I have no emotional investment other than I think it'll be more fun to talk about them all year uh, if they're good. Although it'll be entertaining if for one. For whatever reason, they suck. I don't see that happening. They're really good, and they were not a fluke Super Bowl champion, and they earned it. 
and they have earned this uh, this preseason hype as one of the top two teams in the league. So they're freaking phenomenal. I can't wait to talk about them. Can't wait to see. Just can't wait to watch this offense. I mean, the defense is is amazing too. But I can't. I love seeing how Brady spreads the ball around. Seeing if we get a resurgent year from Antonio Brown. Um, seeing if you know that extra year and actual preparation, a training camp that that, that Brady's going to get with these guys, just to see what happens. Like this, Brady is kind of the the you know, the thing that everything revolves around, right? He's one of the most important players in NFL history, one of the best players in NFL history, and he's on your team. And it's just as he goes, they'll go. And uh, just to just to see just to see how the relationships develop and, um, and how everything grows on the field is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. So high expectations, um, but a super well-rounded roster. And like tons yeah. of areas where people can improve like like you mentioned antonio brown's possible resurgence from a health perspective he he seems spry as ever like that's just a massive thing right like he came great word great word he does seem spry yeah he does yeah so like that's just nuts you know like like i'm not even rattled if one of those guys misses a few weeks you know it might be good for the um confidence of the other guys and and that's how loaded they are um and yeah, like the secondary being so young, like they really came on last year. Um, guys like Mike Edwards and obviously Antoine Winfield Jr. and Sean Murphy Bunting and Jordan Whitehead, Carlton Davis is young. They're all so young, playing under the same DC. So Todd Bowles coming back is so big for that group, man. Oh, I can't yeah. believe he didn't get poached for a head coaching gig. I don't know if Todd Bowles is cut out to be a head coach, but he he is an unbelievable defensive coordinator. Um so I'm just to have him back in that role is arguably as important as any of the players. Um, you could isn't argue. It, isn't it so funny? Like there's such different skill sets being a coordinator versus a head coach. Yet one is considered the pinnacle, even and it's certainly from an ego perspective. Like that's what you're trying to get. Not even saying these, like you have a big ego, but like that's what you're, you're progressing to. And you're, and you're basically the CEO. You're such, such a specialist as a coordinator to be able to really get your hands in there. Some people, I, I wish it wasn't perceived as a knock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the Monty Kiffin route. Just yeah. own it. Just be the like, best coordinator ever. It's not a bad thing. And honestly, it, they're almost, they're like, they're, they're just two completely separate jobs. And because you're good at one doesn't mean you're going to be good at the other or, or vice versa. Right. Or if you're bad at one, you're going to be bad at the other. So um, anyway, sorry, but for bulls, Maybe like his track record as a defensive, you know, genius basically is kind of speaking for itself at this point. And like you said, just the continuity, it's such an insane league, right? Like everything changes all the time. There's no, there's no continuity. Rosters change, coaching staffs change. And for them to just bring everything back and to just be ready to go is so good and just such a huge step for them for uh, for for wherever they're going to go this year. Yeah, like my biggest concern really is probably Leftwich and his development as a play caller. And, you know, he showed the ability last year to change his philosophy a little bit and uh, start to use pre-snap motion and play action more frequently. 
Um, there's been conflicting reports about in the in the media from how he's addressed that question specifically in his uh, in his pressers compared to Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians more or less said, "Hell yeah, we'll be using putting way more stuff in, lots lots of more movement that we've been practicing." Whereas Leftwich was just like, "No, no, we don't need to do that. We do what works." So I'm just like, I'm just hoping that. I'm sure that's all just smoke, right? Like you got to talk all the time. What are you supposed to say? Um, exactly. I just, I just want to see Leftwich. Like he gets lots of hype as like a head coaching candidate. Well, Todd Bowles just quietly there, like running this phenomenal program on the defensive side of the ball. I just, I want to see more from Leftwich. I want to see him take the next step and really develop a comfortable rhythm um, and not be too predictable you know, running on first down every time your team gets the ball. Like that would drive, that drives me nuts. Oh, it's the worst. It's so and, painful. Yeah. And he does it a lot, man. At least that's yeah, terrible. He, he really does. So um, I would love to see him just change some of his tendencies a little bit, which he did do towards the end of last year and look what happened. So hopefully he can be a little more flexible, um, but I'm sure Tom Brady will have, will have plenty of input on how the offense is designed. I'm sure they're more or less doing it together. With Bruce Arians, who's an offensive guy as well. My personal philosophy, I always like to have a head coach who's an offensive guy. Um, personally, I just, I don't know. Yeah, me too. In general, just for, yeah, I, I think it just, there's more overlap there. And just like in, in terms of actually calling the game or, you know, organizing your game, I think that's more conducive to an offensive coach. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything there. I, I, I just, I'm more concerned. I just, I want my coaching staff to have a clear delineation of is the offensive coordinator explicitly calling the plays? What go, like, where's the head coach's input and how much is that? Because I don't know, man, like every team is a little bit different and it's like, can someone explain to me why a team has an offensive coordinator when the head coach calls the plays? I, yeah, like, like it's, yeah, really. Seriously, it's it's ridiculous, and the hierarchies of these teams have kind of never made sense to me. I actually made a note on Twitter about that the other day. It's like, who does what? And yeah. oh, so you're the GM, but that's the director of player personnel. Okay, so then what do they do, and who report? Yeah, I don't know. I I guess it's an ego thing. I, sorry, a bit bit of a tangent there, but I've always wondered. Um, but yeah, like I said, yeah, I'm with you. I'd rather an offensive guy, but as long as there's a clear, uh, like I said, delineation of, uh, of skills and, uh, and duties, then, you know, you can live with it and it's a lot, a lot easier, but you know, hopefully one more year with Brady an actual a full off season with Brady to see what they, what he sees on first down to see where he are like parts of the field that he would rather attack earlier in the game, things like that. And, uh, you know, I think left Leftwich has the capability and the and uh, you know the goodwill if, from around the league to like that he's going to get the benefit of the doubt to go ahead and do it this year. But you you said it; it wasn't great last year. Their offense bogged down a lot, considering everyone that they had, right? Yeah. Um, even, even even like against that Washington defense, right in the wild card round, like there were some struggles there as well, even. Yeah, which is saying something. And I know Washington had a good defense, but yeah, the defense, like that young secondary, Todd Bowles and and Co. bailed that offense out quite a few times. For sure, for sure. So great call about Leftwich kind of uh, being the guy to watch. Sorry, I'm broken record, but when you bring everyone back and everyone looks pretty good, and 
everyone's saying the right things about how hungry they are and that they're not satisfied with one. And I don't know, man, like it's pretty exciting. And, and they're, Hey, they're my pick to win the division, you know, to uh, bury the lead here a bit. It's not a shocker, but I think they're definitively the best team. Uh, great chance to have home field throughout the NFC playoffs and, you know, make it back to another Super Bowl. I like it, Cap. What, like, let on that note, like, what's your, how do you have the division shaken out? Let's 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 put a bow on this. Well, put a we're missing our bow. See, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> we usually have a bow to put on everything. Um, sorry, Bo, I miss you. Um, I'm gonna. Okay, so I'm gonna go Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons, and I know that's bucking. Oh God, I'm all over them right now. Bucking the trend a little bit, but uh, like I said, I don't know what to do with the Saints, and I guess I'm gonna, you know, draw a line. This draw a line in the sand with them uh, finally having that drop off year. Where are you at? I have the exact same. Oh wow, we're we're fun, eh? I got I got yeah, no kidding, eh? God. <laughs> The, I, I have Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. Yeah. Bucks, the, Bucks the, Panthers, Saints. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 So I think that's how it's going to shake out. I just think the, the Panthers are, are doing something doing something over there that's going to, this year, pay some immediate dividends. I mean, obviously, Sam Darnold has to at least be um, serviceable. But I think yeah. he has it in him. And I think he's in the right situation with the right weapons around him to do that. Um, just like you know, like we agreed on earlier. So I, I just think there's too much uncertainty amongst the Saints and what's going on there. And you talked about their lack of receivers, especially when you consider Michael Thomas is out. Um, we'll see what what kind of magic Sean Payton can pull. Like I could also see Jameis really running away with that job and being very productive as well. And in that case, you know, maybe it's the Saints are well ahead of the Panthers. But if I gotta if I gotta put my name behind it, I'm I'm gonna call that the Panthers, just like you. I think we'll finish. I- yeah, I totally agree. Um, so here, here are the win totals for everyone. Um, 11 and a half for Tampa. So we can probably talk about that. What do you, where, where would you be there? I would go over. I think 12 and five is pretty comfy. 12 and five is a nice, doesn't attain, seem crazy. attainable, good season. Yeah. Yeah. 11 and six seems like it would be a bit of a, feels like a bit of a disappointment. Um, yeah. So okay, and then uh, like, I mean, eight, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, like like I was just like the, like the Bucks went eleven and five this past year, you know, with all that stuff going on and one last were game. Were they ten and six? Oh no, whatever. Either way, they're right around there. I don't have the regular season records up. Yeah, they're eleven and five. Oh okay, my bad. So there you go. Um, Okay, and then uh, New Orleans at eight and a half, and then Atlanta and Carolina both at seven and a half. So, like, you know, picking Carolina to outdo New Orleans isn't crazy based on the odds makers this year. Right. Um, so we're in lockstep there. Uh, Tampa minus 200 to win the division. So you have to bet 200 to win 100. Uh, the Saints plus 300, the Falcons plus 700, and the Panthers bringing up the rear up plus 900. Yeah, see, I don't see any value in those other teams at all. No, I think um, the Bucks are gonna take the division no matter how they play. Me too. I think if you got a juicier number, mm, I think no, Gabbert. No, I think Blaine I Gabbert. Know. I think Blaine Gabbert could win the win the division as yeah, a quarterback. Oh, in the Bucks. oh God, good for him. 
good for him, Super Bowl champ. Um, yeah, so I, I just don't see any value in those teams at all. Barring something monumental, it seems like the Bucks division to lose, absolutely. Uh, as much as I like Carolina, I don't think taking a shot on them at plus 900 is worth it. Uh, I'd rather look at them just to make the playoffs. I don't have those odds in front of me, but um, that would be where I would uh, lay some capital down. Yeah, no, I uh, your insight is always valuable, and it'll be fun to see how it shakes out, man, for sure. So yeah, we will yeah, see. I mean, what what, what's your what's your overarching Bucks thought going into this year? Just general excitement, just like gratitude that you have this roster to cheer for where where are you yeah gratitude's a great word we kind of mentioned that earlier um that i think is important just for what what all bucks fans have gone through over the past 20 or so seasons almost 19 um but also like to be you know don't freak out if if things don't if 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 there's still some growing pains good teams struggle it's the nfl it's no joke every game is very important and it's easy to get out coached or outperformed on a week to week basis. Yeah, for especially sure. On, especially on the road and um, and especially when you're feeling yourself a little too much, which is my only fear. You want them to be confident. You want them to be on the same page. All indications are the team has a has a good mind and they got the best leader in pro sports. You could argue at the helm yeah. in his best version of himself mentally. Tom Brady just seems to be in a more comfortable space than he ever was in New England. He felt like a robot, like he was in shackles all the time. He's he, I don't know. So everything feels so good that I just feel like hopefully something doesn't go wrong. But, I mean, they, they look great. Gratitude is the word. They look great, man. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy to get to talk, talk about them going, going forward with you guys uh, this season and just the NFL in general. And we're like a couple weeks away from real football here. And, you know, it, it's nice turning on the preseason and, and seeing a couple guys. But not the same thing, not the same intensity, not the same speed coaches are doing anything right it's uh so vanilla but um we're getting there dude and that's our last eight divisions all 32 teams talked about that's right as well as anyone on the internet has talked about all 32 so just throwing that out there there it is go back and catch them if you're interested in any of the other divisions all of our podcasts are can be seen in video form on our youtube channel at bucks banter or you can just listen as you see here on spotify or um apple Podcasts as well so thank you for listening nice to complete the division preview series uh we'll still have we'll still have a good number of episodes out before the nfl season kicks off versus the dallas cowboys thursday night um and can't wait to get closer to that night um because it's going to be a lot of fun and there's going to be tons of stuff real football to talk about so thank you for joining us, as always, on the Bucks Banter Podcast, coming at you live on Bucks Report. Um, yeah. Well, until next time, talk to you soon. Later, guys.